0: Paul says, now listen, my my brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant to the things of the Spirit. You read it in the King James, it says, I want you ignorant to spiritual gifts, but more literally that word gifts is italicized. It says, Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant to the things of the Spirit. He goes on to talk about how the administration and the operation takes place, but then he said the manifestations of the Spirit, Right? Are, are for the profit of all. He goes on to talk about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, right? But as we were talking about this morning, as the spirit of God begins to move in you, and we we look at those manifestations of the spirit in a point where we see it like this: Oh God, give me a word of knowledge. Give me a word of knowledge. I want to operate in your gifts. So I have a word of knowledge for Paige right now, and then give a word of knowledge. I don't really have a word of knowledge for Paige right now. Maybe later. But how does that all begin? How does that all really begin and create confidence? Because as we commune with the Holy Spirit, he has a word of knowledge for you. As you're sitting in a service, you go home, you begin to meditate, the Holy Spirit says on the inside of you something that God already knows, that God has a plan for your life something that God already knows about where he's taking you or what's going on. He has a word of wisdom for you, which really, you know, we see that prophetically in a sense of going, but a word of wisdom, wisdom is just application. God has a word of taking his word and applying it to a situation. How many times have we had a word of wisdom from God and we're like, huh? How many times do we miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular? How many times do we miss the Holy Spirit moving in our lives, wanting to move through our lives for somebody else? But he wants to move in our lives for us, that when we hear that voice and we know what a word of knowledge is, that the Spirit of God is giving us knowledge concerning something that God knows that we haven't yet Applied or known in our life he has a word of wisdom an application for our life that we can put there that God wants to bring healing into our life God wants to bring restoration in our life God wants us to pray in the spirit and be able to interpret what the spirit of God is saying through our prayers So we've always pushed that manifestation of the Spirit to the outside, but He wants to manifest in our lives so that we become more proficient with it as we operate. So if we operate with it in our lives, then we can operate it through our lives, and other people can start to understand and be blessed. So God wants to do something with us right now that's incredibly important for us to understand the sensitivity that he wants us to have in this day and this hour, all right? He wants to really display his character, and once he can display his character through us, the body, he can really begin to demonstrate power. But time and time again, he's demonstrated his power, but all of a sudden, the the, the life of the body of Christ starts to seem to go askew and things start to move down. And he says, I want us to develop the characteristics that when the power comes, it is a sustainable move of his power. But listen to this. This this applies and we can declare it. I was saying in Ezekiel, she said, you know, what do you see? What do you declare? Again, this is an Old Testament scripture, but we can carry it over. The word of God is forever. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You can look at this. You can read it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He's in you. He's upon you. You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. In other words, you've been immersed in him. He's in you. He's upon you. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. Anybody know anybody who's bound? Only four of us? Dear Lord, have mercy. Listen, he's anointed you to proclaim deliverance to those who are bound. He wants to put in you a way of speaking to somebody who's bound by worry, by stress, by substance, to put a word that comes through you with anointing, to give them deliverance to their situation, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I like it in Luke. The Message Bible says to proclaim this is the year for the Lord to act. Right? Today is the day of salvation. This is the time. This is the season. And the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn in Zion. To console those who mourn in Zion. Listen. There's a time right now some people need some consoling. Some people need some consolation. Sasha said there's, there's this grip of this heavy cloud that's trying to bring hopelessness to people. And the anointed can console those who mourn in Zion. This is what he was saying to me this afternoon. He said to give them beauty for ashes. God wants to move in our nation right now. He wants to move in the world. And where we look and we watch the news and we see burned down places and we see burned down cities, God wants a move to restore. And where there was once that burning and that looting, he wants to raise up places that will be beautiful. (laughs) Come on. I don't care what you think about where it was and racism and all that stuff. Just think about those communities. All of a sudden, what was there is all of a sudden raised up. There's beautiful buildings there. There's things going on. A whole change of life takes place in that neighborhood that was once rioted upon, that was once burned in anger and bitterness and selfishness, that there's a revival that takes place. And he puts beauty for ashes. He gives the oil of joy for mourning. Listen, we're saying because of the tragedy Uh, 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 an open tragedy of death. Everybody's in this situation of mourning, of anger. He says, listen, I'm going to bring joy in the place of everything that we're seeing. In a move of God, he'll bring joy in that place for mourning. He says, I'll put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Listen, when all this happens and you're like, man, it just feels heavy, that's not a time to go, man, this feels heavy. It's a time to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. It's a time to raise your hands and begin to praise God and break through that heavy cloud, to begin to raise up your hands and declare to that heaviness that it be broken. Because Jesus is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. That we may be called the trees of righteousness. Come on, now is not a time to back off of righteousness, but a time to awaken unto who we are in Christ and the relationship that we have to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on. We are the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified, that he shall rebuild the old ruins, that they shall raise up the former desolations, and that they shall repair the ruined cities. Come on now, y'all should have shouted right there. Come on, if you're watching and going, and you're angry because the cities have been torn down and the violence has torn down cities, there's a move of God. There's a reviving of the church to restore the ruined cities from the very spirit of it, a reviving, moving in. You know, I don't know the details of it, but right there, you know, if you've been watching some things and we've been listening to some people that we see, but right there where that murder took place, there has been revival. People are being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ right there in that exact spot. God wants to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If the church doesn't arise, who's going to arise? Listen, if there's not a reviving and an awakening of the things of God in our nation, then they're going to continue to tear them down. But God says, I want to come to what the enemy tore down, and I want to raise it up. I want it to be more beautiful than it ever was. I want the hand and the mark of God to be on it. And the only way the hand and the mark of God is going to be on it is if the church arises that we begin to get in our heart the love of God and stop being angry with one another, stop yelling at the television, and begin to pray. Ask God what we can do, not just what, what needs to be done, but God, what can I do? And it looks different for us in Glenwood Springs than it does in Chicago. And we might not be able to just get, you know, find somebody in Glenwood Springs to say, what can I do for you? But we can pray. We can get on our knees and pray. We can pray for Chicago. We can pray for Atlanta. We can pray for New York. We can pray for Washington, D.C. And as we pray, and we pray in the spirit, who knows where you'll be standing? It was Lance Wall now, right? You're, right? Right? He's in Washington, D.C., sitting with the president or some, some uh, dignitaries of high level. He goes back to his hotel, and he, he says, uh, um, God, I never, I never dreamed. I never saw myself being here in the spirit of God. I'm not probably getting this super accurate, but I, you'll get the point. He said, I never saw myself being here. I never wanted to be here. And he said, every time you were praying in the spirit, you were praying about being here. You're wondering, what can I do? I'm not in a a place where all this is going on. It doesn't even really apply to Glenwood Springs. But if we pray in the Spirit, who knows where you'll be standing and saying, God, I never intended to stand there. But he said, every time you were praying in the Spirit, I was setting things up. I love that video that we watched this morning where he said, listen, we're always waiting for God to set it up to move. He said, you start moving and I will set it up. Praise the Lord. That's just my exhortation for this evening. Come on. Spirit of God wants to move. He can't move if the church is restricting him. He's going to move in the church, he's going to move through the church. Though there's an outpouring that pours out upon the just and the unjust alike, it affects the unjust differently than it affects the just. It's an outpouring in the latter rain to prepare the unjust for harvest. It equips the church for the harvest. That outpouring, that latter rain, begins to do something in the church to embolden the church, to raise the church up, to strengthen the church. Not that we sit, not that we come and and sit and hide and say, what's going on out there, man? To To hell with them all. No, we look and say, man, if this doesn't change, it'll be to hell with them all. But we're being rained upon. We're being equipped. We're being readied. And God, pour out your spirit upon the earth that the harvest, we begin to lift up our head and see that the fields are white unto harvest. People are crying out for something different. People in your neighborhood, friends on your Facebook are crying out. You can see it by what they post. And you can either agree with that crying out Or you can add something that brings life. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we can give place to what the Spirit of God wants to do. So we have to lift up our head. We can't put our head down and just say, you know what? I'm just grinding away. We have to lift up our head. Look at who's around you. Look at what's around you. See what God is doing right now. Open your Bibles to Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans, the 12th chapter. Praise the Lord. Hmm, 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 hmm. What shall we do? Well, we'll see. Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Paul writes here, he ends this thought that he has been in, in in chapter 12. And he says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I'll tell you, the goodness of God, Paul says in Romans chapter 12, he says, we can look around and we can begin to judge other people's situation, but he says, do you despise the mercy of God? You and I were once in that situation, but God was merciful to us. So let's don't get quick to judge about things that we don't know about, but understand the mercy of God, for it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. It's the recognition of the goodness of God. It causes people to change their mind. Repentance is changing their mind and changing their ways and their action. What causes people to change their mind and their action is to see the goodness of God. And certainly they can look at the goodness of God in creation, in the heavens and the earth. But where are they going to find the greatest display of the goodness of God? They're going to find the greatest display of the goodness of God in you and in me. Right? They're going to see the greatest display. If they knew you. If they knew you before Christ, there should be a difference. If they knew you before Christ, they should say, I I used to know you. What happened to you? What happened to you? What do you mean what happened to me? It just seems like you don't get riled up as much as you used to. You don't cuss a blue streak like you used to. You don't want to go out and, and party like you used to. What is it about you? And you begin to show them that God's changed my life. And it's not a grievous thing to be a Christian. It's not, I, I have to miss out on all this good life and go to church. But they see that there's a good thing going on with you. That everything else in the world doesn't seem better but the goodness of God and how good he is to us. And the mercy and the grace that he's poured upon our life is life changing. And it releases us from the bondage of sin and gives us and brings us into a newness of life. Church, it's time to start living in new life. It's time to start living in that place of love and joy and peace and goodness. It's time to live in that place where we've accepted, we've received the abundance of grace. We've received the gift of righteousness and we are reigning in life through Jesus Christ. We're not falling prey to what life has to deal out to us. We're not falling prey to the information of the day. We're not falling prey to the old man. We're not falling prey to what somebody else says and allowing that to bring us down today. But we are reigning over the things that come into our life on a daily basis. We're ruling and reigning with the grace and the goodness of God. Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ. It's time once again that we stop looking at the news and saying, oh my God, what's going on in this world? But we begin to declare thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Always causes us to triumph. He always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. That when we don't know what to do, whether, you know what, I used to be here and now I'm here. The Apostle Paul said, I've learned to abound and I've learned to be abased. He said, but I know this one thing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We've kind of put all those scriptures to the side. Oh, that was in the day when the faith movement was in. That was in the day when we had to have a positive confession. Well, we might come back to the days of positive confession. Come on, we don't have to go back to another day, but we have to learn some things. There was a day, right? Some of you may or may not agree. Some of you young people may not have even know this day. But there was a day when we watched what we listened to. Pastor Tasha made reference of this last week. There was a day when we watched what we listened to. We didn't just listen to all the secular music that was coming down the pike. Because we knew that there was stuff in that and the, the delivery of music causes it to just get in you. Right, and some people I know. Some people are different than other people, but I can't listen to secular music for very long because it'll just stick in me. It will just stick in me. It really uh, uh, it messes with me. You know, a few years ago, a few summers ago, uh, Florida Georgia Line came out with a song. What was that name of that song? With my windows down, cruise. Praise the Lord. And so that was a, it was a catchy song. I don't know what there was to that. Maybe this happened for you. But every time that song came on, or I actually liked it so I would play it, but I could not get it out of my head. I mean, it took me days to get it out of my head, to not wake up and be singing that song. But now I wake up singing Rattle. (laughs) I don't know which is better for you, but I like Rattle. Right? Right? I like the garden song, Grace. What's it called? Grace in the garden. There, see, I had it. Man, some of the songs we're singing right now, I'm just, I'm just pumping those in. Right? There's a difference. Thank God for COVID. Right? I'm not against movies or anything, but, you know, we, that was our date night to go see movies. And sometimes you're just like, we're going to go on a date, we're going to see a movie. And then you're just like, why did we go see that movie? And we've been watching so many other things. We've been conversing with each other. It's just like a different world. But we get to the point where we're not careful what we put in. Then we're not careful what comes out. We're not careful with what comes out. And so there was a day back in that faith, he said, watch what you put in, watch what you listen to, watch, watch what you allow to come into you, and then watch what your confession is, watch, watch what you're saying about things, because you have what you say, you have what you say, and so if we keep looking at the TV, and we keep looking at things and saying, oh man, life is getting hopeless, life is getting hopeless, pretty soon you're going to feel hopeless, you're going to have what you say. But we begin to walk with the Spirit, and he says, what do you see in that? And we say, you know what? I don't, uh, here's what I see. And he says, hey, let, you want to know what I see? Because I can tell you right now that when you watch that and you see a bunch of people angry and you, you hear things that are, are just like, really? God will say, what do you see? I see an angry mob. And, and, and God will say, you know what I see? I see a lot of people whose minds have been blinded by the God of this world. Because he's afraid that the light of the glorious gospel will totally change their life I see people who are stuck in darkness that are angry and that are bidden bitter that are overcome by shame and that are pressed in by situations of life I see somebody who needs help and they need to understand That jesus is lord He sees something totally different than we see with the natural eyes And he says, I want to give you eyes to see and perceive what is actually going on in the Spirit. When we see those lost and dying, we begin to cry out and we begin to declare what God declares. When we speak to those dry bones. I was talking to somebody this morning. You know what? How do you see that? I guess it was Jerry and I were talking. And you can look and say, I see dry bones. And you can speak to those dry bones to live. But God showed Ezekiel something different. He didn't just show him dry bones living. I mean, can you imagine? That God says, I see an army, speak to those bones to live, right? And all of a sudden you have all these bones, right, ready to to fight. Rattle, 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 rattle. And when you sing rattle, that's almost what you think about. But I like what she brought out. She said that word rattle is a shaken, and God's going to shake things in heaven, and he's going to shake things in earth. And anything that can be shaken will be shaken. Some of you might be sitting around going, man, I'm, I'm shaking, wondering what God's doing. Don't get shaken loose. Just allow yourself to be shaken. But when the shaking is done, it's what remains that will count. But he had to have said when you speak to it, he says, I want you to see these dry bones as a mighty army. But I don't want you to see dry bones rising up, rattling around as a mighty army. I want you to see the possibility of those bones having muscle and sinew and tendons and flesh. I want you to see those bones that are laying there, not just bones rising up and going, wow, isn't that something? But to rise up and to see a mighty army changed from death and dry bones to alive with everything that it needs to accomplish the victory. And so we have to start speaking on victory side. We have to start saying I'm an overcomer, that I'm more than a conqueror, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We need to go back to confessing and declaring the word of God. We need to speak to situations the word of God. All right. So we're going to go back not tonight. I've just spent tonight, spent all my time. Go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'm just going to give you a clue of where we're going to go on Sunday night. So you can either stay home and watch TV or come back. Whichever you want. But he said, we're overcomers. You say, well, how am I going to overcome this? I believe that, at least in part he lined out to us how we can be overcomers and how we can overcome evil with good. We're just going to start at the beginning. We're going to break this down. So he says in in verse 1 of chapter 12, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. The first step, if we're going to overcome evil with good, is we're going to have to say, here I am. Here I am. My body is yours. The Message Bible says it like this. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. So we don't ever do this by ourselves. God helping us. Take your everyday, ordinary life, not your church life. You can use your church life too. How many of you just I'm going to ask this question. you don't really have to raise your hands. I'll just answer, ask this question. I'm kind of curious, I'd like you to raise your hand, but I won't. How many of you act different at church than you do other places? How many of you act better at church than in other places? How many of you watch what you say around in the church more than other places? I would ask you why. Thank you for this side is real honest. So I'm going to talk to you all. I know you all are just listening. You said we didn't have to raise our hand. They raised their hand anyway. So, <laughs> Come on, this is, this is why I like this scripture. He says, listen, we've gotten to the point of like, I give my church life to Jesus, so I look churchy. But he says, I want you to give your ordinary, everyday life. Everyday life. Your sleeping life, your are eating life, you're going to work life. Oh, wait a minute, church is church and work is work. No, going to work life, you're walking around life. And place it before God. Here's my go to work life, God, what do you want to do with it? Here's my walking around life, God. What do you want to do with it? Here's my sleeping life. I'm always cautious about the sleeping life because I like my sleep. When I give my sleeping life to God, it sends He tends to wake me up. And say, you know, I know this is your time to sleep, but you gave it to me, so I need to talk to you about some stuff. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm gonna keep my sleeping life. No? He wants us to give our whole life. Just sharing with you, I was just seeing if you were awake. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Praise the Lord Jesus. Y'all with me? I'm just going to finish this thought, then we'll go. Need to be better at pushing all these buttons. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 6. In verse 15, he says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? That your bodies are members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined uh, who is joined, I lost track. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality, every sin that a man does outside the body. Uh, man, I'm, my mind is going too many different directions. Let me read. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? See, we tend to say, I'll do with my body whatever I want to. And he says, if you accepted the blood, you don't belong to yourself anymore. If you ever said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, you ask him to take preeminence over your whole life, not just your church life. To take preeminence over your body. He says, for you are bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which belongs to God. Here he's referring to sexual immorality, but we see there in Romans that he says, listen, I just give me your, your whole life, your body, to be an instrument of righteousness unto God. Turn over to Romans chapter 6. We'll, we'll close this thought with this. Romans the sixth chapter. How many of you want to overcome evil with good? first step looking and saying what am i doing with my body have i given everything that i do with my body everything that i do not just in word but everything that i do in deed am i doing it for him am i doing it in his name will it bring glory to him right and again we're just asking that question we're just examining that we're not you know we're not trying to bring condemnation on anybody we're trying to bring a realization so that we can overcome evil with good why because the enemy tries to work with the desires of your flesh he wants to pull you away and say you know what you're you're really your whole physical system wants to do this it wants to get upset it wants to get angry it wants to go over here it wants to participate in this he wants to draw you away from God but God says I want to bring you into a place where you are so free to do what you were created to do that there are no boundaries Come on, your soul will start to mess up. Your mind will start to go, "Ah, I don't even know if that's possible. But we start working, we start overcoming, and we start doing good, right? God ordained us to do good works, not just in our mind, not just from our spirit, but to do good works. We have to use our body. We have to go different places to do good works. We have to do things with our hands to do good works, right? He ordained for us to do good works with this body. Your body is so important to God. I don't know if you know it. But in the Gospels, we see over and over and over again, Jesus healing on the Sabbath. Anybody ever notice that? They were always mad at Jesus for healing on the Sabbath. Why were they mad at Jesus for healing on the Sabbath? Because they saw medicine or or the doctor's work as a work of the flesh And so you can't just do your ordinary professional work on the Sabbath. But what was Jesus trying to do? Just tick the Pharisees off? No, he wasn't trying to tick them off. What he was trying to say is healing is holy. The health of the human body, this temple that God is going to live in, he... Values the strength of that temple the health of that temple where that temple will go that it should be healthy To do the good works that it was ordained to do not weak not Struggling to get by but in strength and in health able to carry the life of God carry the anointing of God carry the things of God to others in this physical body Romans chapter 6. I know I said I was going to end with that, and I will, but I just stuck something in the middle there so that I could remain true to what I said. (laughs) All right, listen to this. Verse 13. Do not present your members. He's speaking about the members of your physical body. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present your me- yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. I want to read from the Message Bible. The Message Bible says it like this He says, Do not even run. Do not don't even run literal errands that are connected with the old way of life Throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full-time Remember you have been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things Sin can't tell you how to live after all you're not living under that old tyranny any longer You're living in the freedom of God Listen to this. So since you were out from under the old tyranny, does that mean we can live any old way we want? Since we're free in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? Hardly. You know well enough from your old experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin For instance, and it's your last free act. But offer yourselves to the ways of God and the freedom never quits. All your lives you've let sin tell you what to do. But thank God you've started listening to a new master. One whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time, the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse life became and the less freedom you had. And how much different is it now as you live in God's freedom, your lives healed and expansive in holiness? Man, that got quiet. Come on, he says, listen, when we give our members to God, the devil tries to say, you're going to give your members to God, you're going to get religious, and you're going to be under the law. But God says, listen, I broke all that. He said, you give yourself to sin, and you'll find that you can't stop doing what sin commands. But you give yourself to Jesus, and it opens up a whole new realm of freedom in him. Praise the Lord. How many of you want to be overcomers? We're going to learn to be overcomers. That's just step one. So as we go throughout this week, just remember, meditate. Listen to the Holy Spirit, what we said this morning. Listen. If he says turn left, turn left, turn right, turn right, just don't get flaky. Just see how you're listening, how you're joining in that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then just watch and say, what am I giving my body to? I'm telling you, if we're listening to the Holy Spirit and He directs us and we give our body to that, we're going to start seeing some freedom. We're going to start seeing some things pop. Amen? Why don't you stand up with me? All right. (laughs) Praise the Lord. The preacher is here.
1: No, I just wanted to end with one thing, just along with what Pastor Mark was saying, and I just couldn't get away from it. It was a scripture that when you started reading out of Isaiah came to me. And I just kept thinking about it, and I thought, well, then, okay, somebody needs to hear it. So uh, it's Isaiah 8:18, 8, and it says this, Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders yes. Amen. in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. And you know, Zion is a type of the church. church. And then I wanted to read it out of the Amplified, and it says this. It says, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and wonders. We are signs and wonders. Not only are we for signs and wonders, we are signs and wonders. And all this comes together. And, you know, I just thought, as we're putting all this together and we're examining ourselves and we're looking at ourselves and we're purifying ourselves, what's it for? It's because... You are a sign and a wonder, you and the children the Lord has given you. And then um, it says in the voice, it says this. It says.
0: This is a translation. This a is a translation, the, the
1: voice. It says, as for me, I will wait for the eternal, even though he feels absent, even though he has hidden his face from the family of Jacob, I will put all my hope in him. You see, I and my children whom the eternal one gives me, we personify the promise. I love that. And he says, we are signs of what God intends and will do. In Israel, what amazing things the eternal commander of heavenly armies has in mind. The one who is indeed present in Zion, this heaven on earth. So I love that. And it's just a cap on what Pastor Mark ministered to us tonight. It's just a cap. When you leave, just think about what you and your family are called to. And let God just keep putting it in us all week long. You know, what? It's just something we're asking, Lord, what can I do? What am I supposed to do? What am I called to do? And here's the answer. You are for signs and wonders because yes. you are a sign and a wonder. Yes. Amen. And you personify the promise. Yes. And God is doing something amazing through you and your children. Amen. So, amen. Amen.
0: That's it. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Glory to God. Now I have a whole nother message. No, i She got me stirred up. I have a whole nother message. No. But I do encourage you. You know, I believe it was John G. Lake. He got up in the morning. He looked in the mirror, and he said, God lives in this man. Right? Right? He looked in the mirror. He saw one thing, but he said, God lives in you. It would be good if we woke up in the morning and we got in the mirror, no matter what you look like, and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. To go out every morning after you look in the mirror, you get ready to know, I am anointed. I am anointed. Amen? I am a sign and a wonder. Some of you are a sign that makes people wonder, but (laughs) praise the Lord. We want to pray over this prayer cloth, then we'll dismiss. Uh, This is for Danielle. Uh, She's got head and neck pain that's very severe, but God, amen? Stretch out your hands here. Father, we thank you. God, we praise you. We thank you. Just as we've been talking about you, how much you desire that the human body be whole and healthy to do what you've called us to do, Father. We pray over this cloth right now. We command that the anointing flow into this cloth. And when it's brought to Danielle and put and applied to her body, we thank you the anointing will escape this cloth, it will go into her body. Whatever is causing that neck pain. The root cause of that, that the anointing goes to that and it gets to the root cause. And then it begins to relieve the muscles that are tight, that are sore, that are uh, aching. and begins to bring relief and health and healing to every facet of her body. To release her from that pain and that stiffness. And we thank you for it. We look for a good report. We declare it in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We declare right now in the name of Jesus That Lauren is healed healthy whole and strong Every fiber of her being God we thank you We thank you that she sees like she's never seen before I Thank you that her natural eye is seen We know that the enemy wants to to cause her to think she can't see but I thank you Lord that she'll not only see with her natural eye but God you'll do what you want to do in her that she'll begin to see things that you want to show her about her life. You want to show her things about uh, situations of life that you want to lead her into. So I thank you, Lord, that there become not just a physical healing, but the spirit of seeing and knowing begins to rest upon her in such a dynamic way that even when she's laying there in the night hours, she begins to understand things. There's a knowing in her heart about that you are with her, that you love her, that you care about her, that you are strengthened her in her inner man and you're strengthening in her mortal body for a, a gifting and a calling that you've called her unto so we stand in agreement right now that everything concerning her body must come into line with the word of god that the life of god in her makes her healed and whole in her physical body it belongs to you. We just saw in your word that body belongs to you. It is your temple. So we command the enemy to take his hands off of God's temple. As she walk healed and whole in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. We'll say this: We go what God, did in Jesus. what God did in Christ Jesus. Oh yes. Okay. Pause for this commercial message. Next week is Freedom Sunday. One service, ten o'clock, up at the tent. All right. Come at nine thirty to get seats. Right, which I think you already knew that. For ten o'clock, come early. Right, to get seats. Although there won't be any seats, you have to bring your own seat. So come early to bring your seat. <laughs> come early to find the best place to put your seat. Amen. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a service under the tent. I don't think we've ever done that before. We've done one outside service that I can remember because of a fire. We're going to have it under the tent. We're going to have our baptism. We're going to have a, a, a fellowship picnic together. Amen. So next week, not two services, not 930 or 830 and 1030, but 10 o'clock. All right. Fark seeds. Fark seeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's, fall, By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great week.